my life adventure is all about discovering and being disappointed and then overcoming those disappointments. I feel like everything I deal with in my life has meaning to me, you know, no, no one else, but how can I share that? You know, certain things that in, in life, you walk out, something happens to you, and then you have to figure out, not just why me, how do I move past the why me? Hey everyone, this is Helene from Coming From The Heart Podcast, an inspirational and motivational podcast about mental health, mindfulness, speaking your truth, and never feeling alone. Going out with friends should be really, really fun. You don't want to worry about drink spiking or roofing. That is why I have partnered with Nightcap, as seen on ABC's Shark Tank. They are the drink spiking solution. And their innovative products slip over the bottle. And voila, they got you covered. Please use promo code CFTH for 20% off your purchase. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Just a little chaos, you know, for the weekend. Uh, my wife was shopping for Thanksgiving and she tore or twisted her ankle. She's in. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. So, you know, our the front of our house it's kind of so that's wow. happened and and then uh last week you really want to talk to me about what's happening so i got a virus got a virus okay. that uh the heart had right and i was naive thinking like the heart had it the heart clinic said hey you're not going to get it we'll put you on a prophylactic for a year okay a prophylactic and three months later, I got it. Okay. And I don't know if I was naive or not, but got the virus, just dealing with the virus right now. Oh, geez. Well, welcome to the podcast, Jonathan. How's it going? Yeah. I'm so sorry you're going through all this crazy stuff. I hope your wife feels better. That's anytime you break anything, it's a nightmare. It absolutely yeah. is a nightmare. Especially when you get older, it's it's almost worse because you got osteoporosis. You got you know. Yeah. Oh my God! Well, let's let's talk about positive things. And yeah. the positive thing right now is that you're here, sitting in my space, looking at my beach. This yeah. is again down in South Jersey. Okay. Thank you for your time. I'm glad that we got to speak a little bit before this conversation today. Rena Friedman Watts, shout out to you, girlfriend. Thank you yeah. for connecting me to all these really cool, fun people. And mm -hmm. I'm just excited to have you on the podcast. I'm excited to let everybody know a little bit about you. When I was talking to you last time, I believe I was standing in Manhattan. Where was I? And then I was at Rockefeller Center. I was talking right. to you. And when I was talking to you, or I think maybe it was after I spoke to you. And then, of course, I looked at your bio and everything that you had sent me. So thank you for that. I, I agree with, you know, a lot of things that were stated about you or you wrote up this thing that resiliency, determination, tenacity, and a great sense of humor. And I believe I really want to focus in on how mental health, mind, body, and when you are putting yourself in a place that you can almost extract yourself from a situation that is really 
completely horrific humor, which I know from my dad, because my dad had cancer in his life. And he was the type of person that never wanted to have anyone or any any situation focus upon him. And he taught me at a very early age, and I love the fact that you used humor when you were talking about things that were more or less describing you, like resiliency and all the other stuff, because I believe in my heart, and we're going to talk about your heart in a moment, yeah, coming yeah. from my heart to yours. When you shift your mindset to a different place, it's incredible what you can do with it. So Jonathan Bogner, welcome to the podcast. It is such a great honor to have you here. And I believe what I would like to do is I would like you to share your story of course, what happened to you when in 2007, you were living your best life. You yeah. are a producer. You've done all this incredible stuff with television and film. And I want you to explain a little bit about that. And life shifted for you in 2007. And then, of course, in 2022, you had a heart transplant. So again, thanks so much for being here. And you are handed the microphone, Jonathan. You take it away and say hi to everybody. Well. Thank you very much for inviting me for this podcast. I'm very excited to be on your show. I just want to go back for one second. We're talking about humor. I'm not laugh out loud humor. Like, I don't tell jokes. I am situationally funny. So it's like, you know, when I was getting the heart transplant and they're wheeling me off into the theater as a like to call it, I said, you know, this is going to take maybe five minutes. He said, no, those are the highlights from YouTube. We're, this is going to be about nine hours, so I'll see you when you wake up, okay? So, yeah, so going back to what happened in 2007, 2008, I came back from selling a film at a major film festival in Park City, and I had two strokes, heart failure, and a weird combination because I had brain damage. I also had what's called aphasia. And aphasia is the inability to speak. So I had to go through therapy for about a year and year and a half. So I pushed myself through Losing my business, I was producing two movies a year and kind of like reinventing myself on the fly. So at that point, I was 45 years old and they were talking to me about, you know, you need a heart transplant. I'm like, at 45, if the odds are really with me, I'm going to live for 20 years. So 65. So it's like, I'd like to start living at 60. So can we kind of stretch out this heart? You know, at that point, I was in good shape. And I would train in order to be in better shape. So they said, hey, let's, uh, you know, at that point, the ejection fraction, the injection fraction means the, the amount the heart pumps in and pumps out. My ejection fraction, looking at you, you're probably your ejection fraction pumping in, pumping out. Your ejection fraction was probably 50. Okay. You never can get to 100, right? 50 is great. I was at nine. Mm. 
So, so nine means you can't fly. You probably stay home because you're just waiting. So anyway, I was waiting at that point and I got what's called a implantable defibrillator in my heart. So people are familiar with defibrillators because they went, when they go to ball games, they go to concerts in schools, any public place, they're on the wall, someone grabs that, they, you know, stand back, boom, they shock your heart, right? I had the ability to shock myself embedded in my chest. Wow. So when I got the defibrillator, before I got the heart transplant, my defibrillator was going off every six months. The last time it went off, it was back-to-back -back shocks. So the cardiologist said, look, you know, we can't really wait any longer because at that point I was in a weird way, well enough to stay at home waiting for my heart transplant, even though I was sick, but I was well enough to stay at home. But then they elevated me to kind of like status three. You don't want to be status one or two, but status three in the hospital waiting for the heart transplant. So I got the heart transplant. The interesting thing is I thought the hard part was getting the heart transplant. And for me, that was just the beginning. So the beginning, I got a woman's heart. You know, my sense of humor, woman's heart, male body, where do I fit in, really, right? You know, I could go to both bathrooms. So I got the heart transplant, and the woman, she had what's called uh, spasms. And people are familiar with spasms in their feet, in their hands, and, you know, someone, you know, spasm, when you get a cramp, your muscles are fatigued. So I got spasms in my heart. Think about it. The heart mm. is spasming uncontrollably, and the doctors, normal doctors, look at the monitors. They, they don't touch you, you know, they're, 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 they're not touchy-feely people. So finally, I got my cardiologist in when I went to the hospital because I presented like I was having a heart attack. said, like, look, I know it's real. Can you touch my heart and just wait, just wait for maybe a minute? So every 30 seconds, I knew it was, it's spasming. Wow. Every 30 seconds, it's like, oh, yeah, I feel it. Got it. Okay. So had the spasms, new meds, and then um, I knew that the heart had a virus. And 50% of people have this virus, and 50% of people don't have the virus. The virus is CMV. And I was negative. The heart was positive. I think I was just telling you before, you know, I think I was very naive in the sense that, of course, the heart has it. It's just a matter of time before you get it. But the doctors, I think doctors, they don't really want to tell you the truth. They hedge. 
they don't like, you know, it, it could be this, it could be that. I think they absolutely know. Like, you're going to die, but I just want you to, you know, you're not going to die right now, but you're going to die, you know. But but this was not matter of life or death, but after they put me off the drug after a year, I had the heart, and for a year, they had me on a prophylactic. And they took me off the prophylactic, three months later, got the virus. So I'm just, you know, as we speak, I got the news last Friday. We're pretty much, you know, a week later, spot talking to you. I now have the virus, and I'm just taking mega doses of this antivirus, and that will kind of like keep me hopefully out of the hospital. But wow. yeah, lot you got you got you got a lot going on. Now with the virus, this is specifically for someone who has had a heart transplant. This no, is, no, no, no. I as I said to you, I want to clarify I, that. And yeah. your listeners, 50% of people, <laughs> okay. every people have it. If the heart has it and I have it, it's a positive match, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. If yeah. I'm ne- yeah. I'm negative, I don't have it. Got it. The heart has it. So anyway. But so, you know, I just kind of like um, kind of use my sense of irony, humor to just kind of keep me, you know, you go you go through these depressions, you go through these suicidal thoughts. You know, I think for men, it's like now literally out of the closet, men are much more and then it kind of like, you know, it skews, right? The, the pendulum shifts now. It's like now everyone's depressed, but you know, clinical depression, mm-hmm. you know, but, but most people in life, they have good days and bad days. Sure. Of course. Yeah. No, of course. Oh. But also, too, I just want to, you know, take note that when you obviously your body has gone through this traumatic situation, having a heart transplant, having a heart attack. Um, different types of medicines and so forth. And I'm not going to like point the finger to say that that's the reason why, let's say, certain mental health things pop up, like anxiety or depression. Could it be situational, but also due to the drugs and so forth and so many things that you're taking? You know what? That is a very good question. And we both answered the same question. It is, it is due to, in large part, of the drug. Mm-hmm. because when I took a drug and it's like this solves this right but there are things that you know explanations like well it could be this 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 now everything I read like this drug could cause this no, I I, I get it no I understand. Whatever, I understand whatever they're saying I now get yeah it 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 I understand that. No, I understand that. Because I mean, the only reason I have some knowledge based on that is because of my dad when he was ill, was on so many different medications. And it was it was like, uh, you know, from A to Z, this and that, you don't know if this interfered with that, or that made him feel depressed. But the problem, or, or should I say the situation from my experience, and maybe you'll share as yours, you don't really have a choice, you're taking these medicines to stay alive. So you're dealing with the mental health component, whether anxiety, depression, all the other things that go with it. My question is, 
you're amazing and you're thriving. It's a lot of work to to do you, to get out of bed, to think positively. You know, you can share some stuff to our viewers out here. What do you do for your mental health in the positive way? Besides, of course, people talk about self-care and maybe you have a situation where you can, I'll say, work out or go to the gym, but are there things in your life that bring you joy? Okay, so that I have to like unpack that question because there's a lot of in that. It was a lot. Question. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, I take 250 pills a week. So it's it's about 35 pills mm. a day. I don't know what your dad took, but I take about 35 pills a day, down from 45 pills a day. So okay. I'm, I'm improving. Okay. okay. So it is hard to, especially with this virus that I'm having right now, you know, very hard to get out of bed, but you have to have a routine. And I think my routine guides me. So this is a routine or maybe my philosophy, or if it's, you know, this is what I do every day. And when I say every day, I don't take any days off. I just do it routinely. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So what I do is, and it sounds hokey, little, some meditation in the morning and more meditation in the evening. So I've got an Apple Watch and, you know, it doesn't send me prizes. There's no gift certificate from Amazon. <laughs> All it says, good job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, hey, I mean, I, I'll take it. Yeah. But I'm saying that you don't need prizes. Your watch is your motivator. So anyway, Absolutely. I meditate in the morning and then I do a little bit of exercises in the morning, probably 20 minutes because, you know, you sleep, you wake up, your bones are achy. So, you know, just do a little calisthenics. So, but I meditate, I make sure I have balance, both literally and figuratively. I have to have balance in my life. So then I walk, I walk because one, I have a dog, I think anyone, uh, it's harder if you don't have a, you know, a, a way, you know, <laughs> a, a, something to, yeah. 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 Something to motivate it. you, but you know, you have yeah. walking bodies. So, so I walk and I walk about two miles in the morning and in the evening, I also walk about a mile to two miles. So I'm usually around, you know, my steps are about 12,000 steps a day. Amazing. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then I have a gym. And so I work out in my, I'm kind of like, I really, like, I have friends and they're like, well, can I watch TV with you, you know, in your room, your, your outside room? It's like, yeah, but, you know, I'm going to work out. And it's going to be very boring for you, but you're welcome to watch TV with me, but okay. you know, I'm okay if you don't want to watch TV with me. So anyway, yeah, it's like sports cool. usually. So yeah. I, I, I work out every day for an hour. I walk for about an hour. And then I actually feel much more enervated and energetic to work. 
So sometimes when you when you kind of you work and your mind wanders, you just go to the kitchen and you like when I used to work in an office, the kitchen. Now I go to my kitchen and I'm not bumping into anyone. Right? <laughs> sometimes my wife my wife has her own office, so sometimes we bump into a stranger. <laughs> yep, I got it. But, I, got, but, I love this. This is, but this is, you're doing great stuff, man. I mean, that's what you need. Everybody needs a routine. Everybody yeah. needs to have, I have my routine. I similarly get up, do some exercises, do a little bit of meditation, uh, take my dog out. I'm a big cyclist. I bike a lot. In fact, I was in Manhattan today with my son is visiting for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We, uh, I live very close to like where a ferry is and we took a ferry in and it was just like, I love that. I know you're in California. So yes, you have this gorgeous, beautiful weather. But I have to say this time of year, I kind of like the air smacking me in the face. I kind of mm -hmm. like it. People be like, why would you like, I like that cold feeling. I'm bundled up. And it invigorates me. It's like when people take the cold water challenge or they splash water or they take a cold shower. I like that feeling on my face. It kind of invigorates me. But my point is, is though you have a routine. So you've been through obviously hell of what you've experienced in your life. But as I said, you're taking the situation and putting a positive spin on it. And that's what I think is so incredible, honestly, about you, Jonathan. I mean, my question is, what were you like days before this happened in 2007 what was your life like and also is there heart issues in your family was this any way related to genetics dna mm -hmm. in your family that you had no reference to so i think the first is if you want to respond to that what was your life like right. prior to getting ill so first of all there's no history in my family oh. okay with heart disease or heart issues. I had myocarditis, which is almost like almost kind of like walking around pneumonia. Mm. And so I didn't take care of because I was young and I thought invincible, kind of mm. like I don't need to go to a doctor, you know, I've got to take a couple of Tylenols. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't respect what my body was telling me. Okay. And so I didn't deserve, again, you, you often go with people like, why me? If you believe, which I believe, life is random. Like you wake up in the morning, you go out, take your bicycle, you're on your, your cyclist, you're bombing down the street and, right. and someone opens the door. That's right. I mean, like, you know, That's not right. you, you know, you didn't get an accident random things happen they do they and do. also i feel like we're living in chaos so how do you manage the chaos in your life and how are you you know dealing with the randomness yeah. okay you know shit happens shit happens you know i mean it does happen. so and then when you go through what i've gone through yeah. there are moments in the hospital like why me and you know what? It's okay to be depressed. Absolutely. You know, grant me the dignity because let's say your wife or someone visits you, you know, they want to give you 
hugs and kisses, which I can't do anymore with a virus, but they want to bring you flowers. They want to bring you some, you know, cakes or something, and they want to be upbeat for you. And you know what? Allow me to be depressed. Understand that. And also, I think, you know, just as an aside, a lot of people don't like appreciation, right? When, when you do something, take the compliment. Like, you're doing a great job on this podcast, right? And there's like, well, no, I got all these other things that are going on. And then my back, it's like, no, no, no. At this moment, you and I are having a chat. Yes. Take the compliment. I'm, I'm enjoying chatting with you. Me too. Yeah. So, so what was life like before? You know, life was clearly by my tone and you can see I'm kind of an active person. I'm also, I like to speak in, you know, conversation. So I was more frantic. Okay. Okay. I was just doing things, working too much. I wouldn't say playing, but just working. Okay. And and putting out in in any job, you're you're just dealing with the politics of life and actually the work itself. I actually like to do the work, but the politics, you know, just dealing with all the politics and what's going on. So my life was much more before I had the stroke. I spoke even faster. I want to now listen. I want to think through things. But, you know, I was in the entertainment business, which I still am, making movies, making reality shows. Now I can do things tomorrow or the next day. I don't have to do it that moment. And it's also the part of, I don't know about your your listeners, but, you know, the age that you're going through. So, yeah, in your 20s and your 30s, and you kind of get there when you're 40. And, you know, those are the big earning years too. Then you're a little more successful in their 40s and 50s. And then you kind of slow down a little bit. So for me, I feel like I've slowed down and I focus on my website, which is personalstories.net. And anyone that wants to like tell their story they can tell their own story on personalstories.net. So that's kind of like uh, what I'm I love doing. That. Yeah, no, I love that. Would you go back to your life prior to this happening a day before 2007 and this situation happening? Would you change anything in your life at that time if you knew that this life-changing thing was going to happen? If someone said to you and you went to, let's say, a medium a month before this happened and said, you know what? Jonathan, you're going to have to change a little bit of your trajectory. Would you have changed it or would you have kept going? I don't think I would believe. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, okay. you, you have to have a willing sense of belief when you're going to a medium that they kind of know what's going to yes. happen. So, yes, yes. If they said in a month, you're going to have what happened two strokes, heart failure, aphasia, and then you're going to get a heart transplant within 10 years. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought I was really healthy going yeah. into 
you know, from, from, right. from, from meeting you. And, you know, I just don't believe you. Right. I think, I mean, look, I've been to mediums before that kind of gave me a lot of trajectory, which is another conversation at another time. But my point of this is that would you have changed your lifestyle? Would have you slowed down? Would you have seeked out a physician or a doctor? You you said you had this pneumonia, if I'm saying this correctly, years before. My point is, though, I don't think most people would really change anything until actually something happens. Because exactly for what you said, no one would be like, really, is that really going to happen? Or my lifestyle is my lifestyle. And then kaboom, this atomic bomb happens. It shifts you to a different place, a different space in your life. How is your life better now? I'm just going to roll back for one second. No problem. When I had aphasia, I couldn't speak. And the intonation of the voice going up and down and up and down, eventually, after about a year, it was all monotone. You know those like voice things, like, you know, and there's like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just they they, yeah. they speak yeah. on one tone, one level. Yeah. They don't there's no excitement or yeah, I, I got being it. upset. Anyway, so yeah. that was lear- learning English. Still mm-hmm. can't to this day, can't really tell you the alphabet. I mean, I, I can kind of like fake it, but you know, it's like I always get confused. Yeah, you know, like you know, certain things that have permanently altered in my brain you know i understand that so i feel that getting sick and going through the illnesses that i've gone through anything from you know there's there's a litany of things that i have been you know you know going through carditis going through all the things that when I went to the hospital I went in with my gallbladder I left without my gallbladder oh boy oh my god Jonathan yeah I mean um and you know what by the way a gallbladder is actually important so got CMV had heart spasms part of the drugs that I'm on affect my eyesight oh Forgot to tell you, I'm kind of diabetic. Well, you're, you you are diabetic or you're not. Oh, I've had migraines. Oh, I also have necropathy in my hands and legs. I had to lose my thyroid. I got to stop you. I got to stop you. This is what I'm going to stop you at. This is what I would say to my mom. What's working? What's good? Because yeah. my mother would say to me, listen up. My mom would say, my hearing is really good, Helene. What's good, Jonathan? Life been- is good. No, no, no. I wanted to say with all the things that I have gone through, right? Life, life is good. I'm glad. Do do I smell the roses occasionally? But do I treat people? You know, I I feel like your friends are you know your community. Absolutely. You know, your family my wife has been unbelievable as a caregiver Uh, sometimes i would say a reluctant caregiver but she's also been unbelievable one of my sons when i got the heart transplant when i was on the list you know no when i was in the hospital and i called him hey i got the heart transplant he was in san francisco he just drove from la to san francisco 
he turned around like an hour later to see me. So yeah. I value my family in a different way. I value my friends in a very different way. And I think about what I'm doing and being purposeful in what I do. And I've learned a lot. No, I'm so happy. No, I mean, so I was just, I was teasing you there with that because I think that you have made, as I say, lemonade from the lemons, mm -hmm. being grateful or having gratitude, showing kindness, which I believe in the world that we're living right now, there needs to be much more of that. Taking mm -hmm. the pause, right. really sitting back and appreciating people and situations. I think that that would be something amazing. I also think that you having this incredible background of film and, and Hollywood and all the great stuff that you did with reality television, I think it's time to have some mental health reality type television out there. Would you agree? I think that there needs to be much more of that on Apple or Netflix, different types of shows or series that really show that? Well, I think they have some of the kind of references that you're making, but they're done in a way with actors playing therapists, right. giving treatment. Right. But real people in real situations takes time, right? Mm -hmm. So TV or anything on YouTube, sure. you want to see immediate results, right? Hey, mm -hmm. it's a makeover. I made that person over. And depression, mm -hmm. there is no quick fix. No. Suicidal thoughts, I don't think there's a quick fix. No. So if people would, it would be more a streaming service mm -hmm. that follows people and the problem with our society is we always want to win, right? I followed this team and this athlete, mm -hmm. and he got drafted to the NFL. You don't want to follow an athlete in high school, and he never got picked by a college, but that's the reality of, of life, you know? Mm -hmm. So the reality is following people who have depression, thinking about all the mental health issues, there is no quick fix. I would agree. I would agree. And that's why I'm happy that you're going to come on my men's mental health collab at the end of the month yeah. and talk to some different people and brands of people in the men's mental health space, because I think that there's not enough spoken in that mm -hmm. as an aside. But back to what we're talking about with, let's say, a reality television or something like that. I mean, of course, there's docudramas and there's things that obviously touch upon mental health, anxiety, because what COVID showed us was to take care of your mental health or people were just not taking care of their mental health. And mental health really became a, a household word that was discussed as prior to 2020 pandemic, 2019 going into the pandemic. So in that respect, that was the positivity of that. But really to show, I think, much more of that in your world, in your space, what you do. I mean, so again, you have a production company, you you mentioned your personalstories.net, 
that you work on. Do you have any other projects that you would want to share a little bit before we wrap up a little? I mean, I, I'm always developing reality shows. Some of the shows that I'm developing are kind of very niche. I've developed a show called Aqua Space. It's very popular in Asia and okay. in Holland and Scandinavia, but it's people building um, kind of like tanks mm. without fish. Okay. It's not about the fish, but it's just building things. It's almost like Lego. Okay. Uh, but it's a very niche space. But also I've got two businesses, a couple businesses as an entrepreneur. But, you know, what I would say to you going back to what sparked my interest about a show about mental health. There are people like you who just hear it, give some advice and follow through with the advice. It's more interesting, if I was thinking through this, would be the patient side of things. So it's usually focused on kind of like, I would say the norm, you know, meaning the, the, the therapist, because sure. they yeah. typically are kind of more normal, but the patient, we don't really follow the patient. No. So no. if we picked and, and you cast it and you get, you know, six patients, you know, yeah. all ethnicities, age appropriate, and you uh -huh. follow them, Mm -hmm. and, and it's almost like a COVID world. I understand. Um, and what people do in order to, one, survive and prosper, it's, I think it goes back to the things that we were originally talking about. You have to have a routine. You yeah. can't just get yeah. up whenever you feel like, right? Your life, you have to have responsibilities, right? Absolutely. So you have to have, people that check in on you, you check in on other people. You have to have, whether it's a fish or a turtle or a dog or a cat, those animals, even though people think their dogs talk back to them, <laughs> right? And I, I'm telling you, I have a whole conversation with my, my uh, dog. I love it. And I, and she, I think she's talking to me. I, and I know she doesn't talk to me. But but they but they just love you, right? They so, do. They do. They do. Unconditionally, unconditionally. amazingly unconditional. Right. There we go. Right. Oh so. wow, you're you're funny. You're funny. I think what this podcast and this chat today has really focused on is that resiliency, even in the worst of situations, to find silver lining. I mean, that's so cliche, but to find a community or to find sometimes it's difficult within yourself, something that's going to motivate you. And what I was going to mention, or what actually I was going to say to you, is fun. I mean, you were living this life prior to 2007. You were going to these film festivals. You were meeting actors. You're living in Hollywood. You're doing all these incredible things that people dream about in their life with different projects you've been involved in. And I would say that was a really unbelievably, I'm using the word unbelievable, incredible fun thing what do you do for fun now what's fun well, you besides know, walk in the dog yeah, no no but you actually touched upon it we never developed it joy sure. joy what do do? yes what do we do for joy i've never lost my inquisitiveness in the sense that 
what do I do for joy? Because also with the with the CMV, when you have the the virus and then you're taking virus meds, it destroys your white blood count, mm. right? So so you really can't go out in public. So what do I do for joy? I love all these streaming services. I mean, those things I love. So cliche, but I'd like, you know, walk. No, uh, hey, walking. You're going to love my friend, Neil King Jr. He's going to come on the Mental Health Collab. Mm-hmm. You've got to check his book out. I'm giving you a plug here, Neil. Mm-hmm. And he he's amazing. He left his house in Washington, D.C., and he walked to Manhattan on this incredible journey. Walking is everything. When I was going through the worst of vertigo, I just wanted to get outside in the light and walk. Because when you walk, of course, it brings on endorphins and all the great dopamine, makes you feel great. And you're living in California. You're walking in this beautiful sun. I dispute that because (laughs) when you you wake, you know, California is the climate change. It's real. It's happening. Yeah. The weather, when you wake up in the morning and you like fresh air and cold breeze. Yeah. I'm living in California, LA. Okay. And I feel the same way. Okay. So it's <laughs> well, so it's not like sunshine anymore. But but going back to when you say walking, walking and exercise yes. make you more productive in your work. Absolutely. You know? So yeah. if you walk and exercise and go back, you're much more focused on your walk, work. So rather than spending four hours focusing one hour in pure work, right? Because yes. people procrastinate, they have yes. their routine. Yes. You're just, you just hone in on, on what you need to do. So I think what we do that creates, and what, when you say work, work is something that people need. It defines them. I can't be defined as a professional walker or a professional <laughs> exercise guy, yeah, right? I understand. What defines me is he a producer. Producer, and I think everyone in the world produces something. Absolutely. You know, they yeah. produce something. So what I produce is being invited into someone's life mm-hmm. and filming them. And then the editorial process takes over so I can make people say things that they didn't really choose to say. But so what I'm saying is everyone produces something. You produce your podcast. I I produce my reality shows, my my entrepreneurial activities. Everyone produces something and you'll be much more productive if you, and I mean, we're assuming people, you know, certain people can't walk, but certain people cannot do things that we take for granted, but dealing with people that are not clinically depressed, not people that have the ability to transport themselves into a kind of, in a weird way, another dimension. So like, okay, I can't walk, but I can watch something and I can transport myself, you know, into some other world. But having conversation, having not just your caregiver, you can find so much online. 
you know, and any support. And no matter how obscure it is, there's someone else doing it. So I believe in synchronicity, meaning that I came up with this idea about you as a podcaster and your way to help people, you know, using your podcast as a therapist. Okay. I can't be the only person. So lots of people have that idea, but very few people act upon that idea. Exactly. If you're a person that has an idea and you have a way to effectuate how to make it concrete, then you will be successful, right? Otherwise, you're a dreamer and I have an idea. I love your advice. I love it. I think this is incredible wisdom, great Mm -hmm. advice. And it gives us a great way to segue to the very end of our chat here, a heart to heart. Now, of course, a heart to heart coming from the heart, my heart, of course, to your heart is a situation, Jonathan, it could have been, it could have been something prior to 2007. It could have been something that happened to you yesterday or today, or going through any of the experiences that you went through that touched you or enamored you in a way that you would like to share. I feel my journey, and I feel that's kind of corny journey, my, my life adventure my life adventure is all about discovering and being disappointed and then overcoming those disappointments. So, you know, I would just say getting the news that I had this virus and dealing with the consequences and then trying to figure out a way from being depressed that like, oh my God, I got this virus and it's it's affecting my pancreas. It's affecting my weight. I'm losing, you know, I lost 5% of my body weight over the last month and then just head on dealing with it. I feel like everything I deal with in my life has meaning to me, you know, no no one else, but how can I share that with with your viewers? You know, certain things that in, in life, you walk out, something happens to you, and then you have to figure out, not just why me, how do I move past the why me? So I feel like that's my lesson or heart to heart, because this happened to me, you know, a couple of days ago. I think that's just beautiful how you worded that. I think that's definitely going to help a lot of people out there to move forward with whatever circumstances that they're going through. And clearly your mental health, as we said so much through this podcast, is things that you do for yourself on the daily that bring you joy, whether it's walking, whether it's hanging out with your dog, an activity, cooking, whatever it might be, guys out there. I think, Jonathan, you are an incredible person to look to for advice as a mentor for many people that are just sort of stuck in their life and mm-hmm. sort of just don't know where to go if they've had situations that are critical or not. I think you're a great person. So thank you. Well, thank thank you, you for your time. Thank you for this interview. And mm-hmm. what's the best way to check you out and find you with everything you're up to? Is it LinkedIn or is it this personal stories or 
I think I think they can find me and I much prefer you know you can do LinkedIn but it's more like my business my profile or my business as a reality producer but more heart to heart would be personalstories.net and just to kind of go backward when we're talking about heart to heart I think the world overlooked random acts of, acts of kindness so if you're walking on the street and you see something, you could pick it up. You could throw it in the trash. You don't have to just say, it's not mine. It's not my issue. But I do random acts of kindness without being compensated, without being acknowledged. You just do it for you. I think that's beautiful. I really, that's beautiful. The world needs us. They need you because, yeah. yeah, kindness, kindness, kindness. And that's interesting that you just left us with this at the tail end of our chat because that's really what I'm putting out there as much as I possibly can in any interview or whatever I'm putting out on stories or posts on Instagram or wherever I'm putting my socials is to just be kind. That's it. There's no more than that. Just be kind. And then yeah. when you're kind, you feel what you feel. Wonderful. You feel pretty good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On that note, I, I, so. <laughs> yeah I, I really appreciate the the interview and thank you. Looking forward to seeing your 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 roundtable with. Thank uh, you. Yeah, we can't wait to have you on. Yeah. All right, Jonathan. Thank you so much for this chat. Have a good night. Feel good. good. Thanksgiving. Take good care. Night. Bye. 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 Please check out my episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and weekly Instagram lives where I am honored with talented, exceptional guests. Can't wait to see you all there.